Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. It's 1235 in Edmonton, and this is Oilers Now. Guests on our show receive good certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Go down and see Back in the staff at Roos Chris, trust me, Brendan and myself can attest to this. Uh, the folks at Roos Chris, they will look after you. Well, huge week. Uh, we're wrapping up the, uh, it's day two out at the Oil Country Championship, the Syncrude Oil Country Championship presented by Akon. We'll have a couple more hits from there later today. Uh, but next week, the Holinka Gretzky to take place. And maybe it was a coincidence after a tough year for the WHL in the first round of this past uh, NHL draft but 11 players from the Western Hockey League have made uh, the Holinka Gretzky tournament that will play at Edmonton. There's lots of local angles on that. Edmonton Oil Kings Matt Robertson on that team. Kirby Dock who could be a top, uh, I don't know, top five, top eight pick in the upcoming NHL draft out of Fort Saskatchewan with the Saskatoon Blades. He's on that team. The commissioner of the Western Hockey League is Ron Robinson. He's coming into town uh, for an event that'll take place uh, next week as well for the Center Ice Summit. And we uh, are pleased to be joined on the line by Ron at this time. Ron, welcome back to uh, Oilers Now. How are you doing? Very good, Bob. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, this is a pretty... Uh uh, pretty unique concept. I mean, in the past, obviously, the uh, Ivan Holinka tournament took place over in the Czech Republic, but uh, now uh, Edmonton has the event in 2018, 2020, and 2022, and there are lots of different uh, components to it. I know that I'm going to be involved with something uh, with Todd McClellan on the Thursday of next week. Um, the, and there's a separate WHL uh, uh, thing that's going to transpire, a meeting that's going to transpire for WHL coaches, WHL Shell gyms. I know you've pushed a lot of your league partners to be a part of this, so maybe just shed some light on the impact for the WHL for this. Well, first of all, the credit goes to Hockey Canada and to Bob Nicholson, the Oilers Entertainment Group, uh, and uh, the ability to bring this event to North America and to Canada and to Edmonton is really uh, uh, going to be very, very exciting for everybody concerned, not only for our players to get a chance to play at home which rarely happens, but now will happen every two years. And the fact that this is a major showcase for the National Hockey League, uh, that gives a first look at really uh, the best players available for next year's initial under draft all at one time. So uh, it's going to be a great showcase. And at the same time, we've got a bunch of development activities taking place. Uh, uh, players are developing on the ice, but we've got a lot of work to do with our coaches and general managers and our officials. And, and we're excited we're having a WHL leadership conference as part of the uh, week-long activities as well. I know that, uh, yeah, there, there's going to be uh, at least one full-blown, uh, Gord Miller is going to be hosting an event, emceeing an event uh, that's going to involve uh, yourself and uh, Renee Fassell, uh, Jason Strudwick, uh, it is uh, Glenn Gullitson, the Oilers' uh, uh, assistant coach who, who like Jason Strudwick's a former WHL player uh, so that, that's going to be a, a pretty cool event uh, Peter Shirelli and Todd uh, McClellan are doing separate events uh, there's officials events so there, there's lots going on and 
to make it better, Ron, for the Western Hockey League as it's turned out. And we're going to have Brad McEwen coming up at 105 today, who is a former GM in your league, is now the head scout for Hockey Canada. It turned out to be a pretty good year for Western Hockey League prospects for the Holinka Gretzky uh, team. Uh, is it 11 or 12 players from your league who made the team? There's 11 players, and this is a very special age group for us. And, uh, um, you know, you talked a little bit about earlier about this year's past NHL draft. These things are cyclical in a lot of cases, but this is really a special year, probably the most we've ever had on any national team, uh, representing half the roster. And uh, uh, fans in Edmonton will get a chance to see, uh, um, you know, these players who play in our Western Hockey League, but uh, will be part of the lineup for the National Under-18 team. I put a tweet out probably over a month ago. Uh, I think when you guys made your initial, or when the uh, Hockey Canada had the initial uh, 42-man list, and I listed five players that I figured were stone-cold uh, mortal locks to, to make the team. Um, Bowen Byram, a defenseman for the uh, Vancouver Giants. Matthew Robertson of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. Peyton Krebs, number one pick a few years ago uh, for the Kootenai Ice in the WHL Bantam Draft. Uh, and then uh, two right shot centers that are six foot three. And I think we saw in the NHL draft this year, Ron, just the power of that position of center when you saw Kakaniemi go all the way up to number three. Um, and then we saw Barrett Heighton out of uh, Sault Ste. Marie end up in the top seven. So you got two right shot centers, Kirby Dock from Fort Saskatchewan and Dylan Cousins, who plays for Peter Anhold down in Lethbridge. Uh, the, the, to me, those five were pretty much automatic, but were you guys, were you surprised that you ended up with, you know, both goaltenders and 11 players overall from your league making up the team? Well, I, I think, to be honest, we were pleasantly surprised, but because there's just so many good players in the Canadian Hockey League that are eligible in the Ontario and the Quebec League, supply so many players, and, and have done a great job this year with the National Junior Team, for instance. It's usually a pretty good blend of players from each of the three leagues. But, you know, we're very proud of the fact that uh, this is a very uh, solid uh, uh, upcoming year uh, for these players who are draft eligible. And, uh, you know, we've watched them develop as they've entered the league and how they've come along. And, you know, you talk about Dylan Cousins, and you talk about players of this caliber. Uh, uh, just one example of a player in Lethbridge who really has come into his own and uh, is ranked very highly, as many of those players are. And uh, they've got great experience. It's an international competition at the highest level. It's best on best with the under-18 uh, international competition. I think it doesn't get the attention that the World Championships might get, like the World Juniors and so forth. But this is every bit as good. Uh, with these players, uh, they're outstanding young players, and they'll put on a great show in Edmonton. We're joined by WHL Commissioner Ron Robison, Bob Stoffer, with you on Oilers uh, now, Ron. Uh, and I know you have a lot of conversations uh, with David Branch and 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 these sort of things about the evolution of the major junior game. And one of the biggest changes for me is how defensemen have, you know... I mean, when, when I thought of WHL defensemen back in the 90s that often made up the core... I mean, let's not forget, Canada won five straight World Junior Championships. They were hard-nosed and tough first, and then they could move the puck a little. And we've seen a... a I mean, it is it, it is really a, very, a completely different world today, isn't it, in terms of the emphasis on skill development and how the game is played today at the junior level. Yeah, no question. You go back to um, when the NHL lockout year, 2004, 2005, and... He talked about, I think that was really a transition in the game. At the time, the World Junior Team had a very dominant defenseman, a group of defensemen, you know, Dion Phaneuf, Brent Seabrook, uh, Shea Weber, examples of some of those players on that team. And then you look today at the players and how the game has changed over that time. And I really credit the National Hockey League for their leadership in this area of 
really converting the game to what's today's game, which is all about speed and skill. And you look at the size of defensemen and their puck moving ability, and and uh, things have really changed dramatically in the game. And it's a great game to watch. And uh, uh, but it is all based on the skill level of players and the players we talked about earlier from our league. Uh, the eleven players uh, not only uh, in many cases have good size, but they're also very skilled. Uh, and uh, but it's great to see the fact that the uh, players. Uh, Smaller players uh, who maybe would have been eliminated a few years ago now are playing big roles with teams, and and that's largely due to the fact the game is based on speed and skill. Ron, uh, you know what? On this show, we try to work to get better on a daily basis, uh, and at times, uh, you know, we've we've criticized some things about the WHL. One of the things was the length of the season. And you guys cut the length from 72 to 68 games. For our listeners, maybe take us through the process as to as to why you made that decision. Because it costs you, frankly, a little bit of money in terms of uh, gate, especially in your bigger markets. Well, I think we've really focused, uh, uh, we always have uh, certainly looked at it as a player development league. And, and our player experience is uh, one of the things that we really have uh, looked at very carefully uh, over the past number of years. And I think part of that exercise was to address the schedule. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, when you talk about it, people in the hockey world probably looked at junior hockey saying we probably played too many games, colleges didn't play enough, and we felt that we dialed it back a little bit, that we'd be in that sweet spot where it would be the right thing, right conditions for the players. And this will allow the players, not only who many are student athletes, as you know, uh, combining uh, high school and playing hockey at a very competitive level with our travel, it'll reduce our travel. I think uh, give the players more time for recovery and for training off ice as well. So we just felt it was the right thing to do, and I give our ownership uh, lots of credit because uh, it does uh, require a big commitment on their part. But uh, uh, we think it's going to work extremely well. We're very excited about it and uh, and uh, looking forward to how it impacts on the player. Yeah, there's there's another thing to it for me, Ron. I mean, I I grew up watching the, you know the Western League when there was I wasn't good enough to play in the Western League coming out of the Southside Athletic Club because there was only 12 teams back then. You're up to 22, and uh, which is a lot of you know a lot of teams, but. 72-game schedule, the other leagues were playing 66 and 68 games. So now you're sort of at 68 uh, games as well. Do you think that has, given some of the challenges to win at the Memorial Cup the last few years, your teams looked exhausted? Because, and let's not forget, you've got far more extensive travel than anybody else. The fact that you've lessened four games, in theory, could that help out a bit in that regard, do you think? Well, I certainly hope it will, but I think when you look at it, our parity probably... Um, it has more effect on our results at the Memorial Cup than probably anything else because when you look at, you know, for instance, this current this year, uh, more recent memory and the battles that they had to go through within their division play. Right. And again, people ask us a lot, why do we have divisional-based playoffs like the NHL? Well, we do it for a number of reasons in particular. Uh, to reduce travel for players and their demands. Uh, but in this particular past year, we just had an extraordinary East Division with, uh, with some of the top teams in the league playing there. So it was a, it was a rough road for Swift Current. And by the time they reached the Memorial Cup, it, they just didn't have a lot of gas left, obviously. So, um, you know, that's certain circumstances that happen uh, over the course of the year. But I do think that our parity is probably the number one factor because the playoffs are just uh, very difficult for our teams to advance the Memorial Cup unto itself. All right, Ron, we're going to give you a couple more quick hitters here. Uh, Kurt Hill is the new general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, he takes over from Randy Hatch. Randy's moved on to the Buffalo Sabres organization. Uh, Randy was part of a, a staff that uh, 
has the last uh, Western Hockey League Memorial Cup champion, the 2014 Edmonton Oil Kings. You know Kurt. He worked a bit for you in the past. Uh, a lot of our listeners wouldn't. So tell us a bit about him. And maybe, because now the league's got a couple, you know, very young general managers. Uh, Kurt uh, is, I think, 30 or 31. Uh, Colin Priestner, uh, who, uh, you know, has kind of changed things from a technical perspective as to what the Saskatoon Blades are doing from a, a scouting. Uh, he's the general manager of the uh, Saskatoon Blades, but tell us a bit about Kurt. Well, first of all, I think that uh, we know Kurt very well. Obviously, he worked in our uh, league office for four years. He was our uh, largely very involved with our player development, player recruitment exercises, and on the hockey operations side. Um, very sharp young guy who uh, I think will do an outstanding job. He's going to take some time, obviously, to uh, to get the organization where he wants it to be. But um, you know, he had the uh, opportunity, as we all do in the league office, to over the years observe uh, how teams uh, scout how they prepare their teams uh, and uh, build their teams quite frankly and so I think from a league, a league perspective we're very excited that Kurt's getting this opportunity and I think he's uh, uh, always sort of focused on wanting to get into team management and this is going to be an excellent opportunity with an organization like the General Elkins and I think you know you look at the uh, you talk about the age of general managers and the changes we have six new general managers this year we have six new head coaches we we've also this is a big year for turnover so it really speaks to why we are doing this this conference in edmonton as part of the centenary summit that we you know uh, want to make sure that we provide a good orientation for our general managers make sure we're working with our coaches on new uh, strategies uh, and we're very fortunate as part of that uh, conference we'll have uh, uh, nhl general managers part of it nhl head coaches including todd mcclellan peter sorelli so we're really fortunate that uh, Thanks to the Edmonton uh, Oilers and the Oilers organization group, they've, they've been able to put this together for us, and we're very appreciative of that. And Ron, you mentioned education before, and that's the, the the final topic we're going to hit on. And maybe it shouldn't be the final topic. A uh, number of years ago, I worked on the WHL uh, Scholarship Committee, but uh, uh, the fact is three of the last five national championships have been won by the University of Alberta. Uh, I, I'd say for, for your program, which steers players that don't get to the NHL or the American Hockey League steers players to school to have, you know, Alberta winning national titles and Saskatchewan having very competitive teams. Uh, Maybe you can tell our listeners how many kids across the country are on WHL scholarships right now and what does it mean when you have an entire team uh, made up of uh, WHL players winning a national championship? Well, the University of Alberta Golden Bears hockey team has been the flagship of the Western Hockey Scholarship Program for many years, Bob, as you know, and we're very proud of the accomplishments of these student-athletes, and, and to win a national championship again is just remarkable. Uh, it's a very competitive league, and uh, I think when you look at it, uh, you know, players today, over 50% of the players graduating from the Western Hockey League take advantage of their scholarship program. 382 last year were attending universities across Canada, and many of them, of course, playing hockey in the Canada West University League, which is a tremendous uh, league and a great opportunity for these players to not only pursue a university education, but to uh, uh, play at a high-level hockey on a, on a continuous basis. So uh, it's a great program to stay in Canada, uh, benefit from our scholarship program, as well as the university's support. and. Uh, and it's great to see the players at the University of Alberta having the success they're having. What kind of financial commitment uh, are we talking about from your partners on a yearly basis? Like, are we talking north of a million bucks? I mean, how much does this this cost to keep all these, uh, you know, to have all these kids going to school? 
No, we're well in excess of two million dollars now. When you look at uh, three hundred and over three hundred eighty and over fifty percent of the uh, of the players uh, who graduate access to scholarship, and there's a contingent liability for all of our clubs. It's over a million dollars each for each team. So they're very committed to providing that uh, benefit to the players, and uh, I really, uh, you know, think the uh, hats off to the ownership who. Uh, 25 years ago, created a scholarship program that now is second to none in North America, and uh, and uh, it's great for the families and great for the players. Now, don't have to really worry about education because all those expenses are taken care of when you play at our level. And it doesn't matter whether or not you play hockey once you go to school; you get the scholarship either way, which is a big difference than maybe some other exactly, places, right? exactly, that- Bob. It's fully fully guaranteed as part of the standard player agreement. It's. Uh, it's a fully academic scholarship, so it's, you're not required to play hockey if you choose to just focus on your academics. And, and any post-secondary course is supported uh, uh, based on the value of your scholarship. So, it's uh, yeah, it's a great program. It's a win-win situation uh, for the players. Uh, and uh, and uh, it's not just based on hockey, but it also is great to see many of our graduates playing uh, high-caliber hockey at the university level. Ron, we'll see you here next week. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That's the commissioner of the WHL, Ron Robinson. When we come back from uh, ATB Financial, who was heavily involved uh, with the Syncrude Oil Country Championship presented by Acon, they put on two separate events. We'll talk to Chris Noble. Bob Stoffer joining you in Oilers now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, Pro-Am Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a Pro-Am Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail, fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you on Oilers Now. Uh, we're transitioning back and forth between the Syncrude Oil Country Championship presented by Akon and then the uh, Holinka Gretzky Tournament, which will take place uh, next week. Uh, we just heard from WHL Commissioner Ron Robinson. Brad McCune is the head scout for Hockey Canada, and we'll hook up with him at 105 today to talk about Canada's team that's going to be playing in Edmonton and a little about the World Juniors as well. But right now, as promised, Chris Noble will join us. He works with ATB Financial, who uh, sponsored uh, directly two of the events with the Sin Crude Oil Country Championship for the third consecutive year. We welcome Chris back to the show. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing just great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, why don't you tell us uh, your title and what you do for ATB Financial? Because I'm going to have a feeling there's going to be about 60 guys texting on the show that are going to want your job because it is a pretty unique position. Yeah, you know what? I don't have a lot of bad days, Bob. It's um, my title is manager of community initiatives. So I focus on all the key sponsorships with ATB, uh, hockey, football, golf. If you like any of those things, you'll have uh, you'll have mostly good days in my position. It's a good time, good it, company. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so for the third consecutive year, uh, ATB Financial, and I know you've got your own tournament coming up as part of the McKenzie Tour, but you guys were heavily involved with things that took place in Edmonton. Uh, you had the family event out at the Victoria Golf and Country Club. I know yourself and John Winwick were out there on uh, Sunday la- uh, last week, and then on Wednesday night, uh, the uh, the Women's Leadership Forum that included, you know, uh, Shannon 
Aaron Zabados and uh, uh, a, well, a, a cast of literal thousands. But uh, those are two pretty unique uh, concepts. Why'd you guys get involved with those events? Yeah, I mean, from a golf perspective, we come at it from a little bit of a different angle. We've got a lot of our clients that you know love to play golf, but we find you know, oftentimes it's a little bit male-dominated. So our focus at ATB is really about getting families out to events and uh, providing opportunities for women within these events. So we targeted specifically uh, the Junior Clinic. The Junior Clinic's an absolute blast. That was Sunday out at uh, Victoria, as you mentioned. So we had about 120 kids aged uh, 6 to 12 come out to that. We have eight Mac Tour pros out there. Uh, you know, guys ranging from, from Sweden to California, a couple Canadians, uh, local Edmontonian, Will Bateman was out there teaching. Um, and these kids just eat it up. They're getting golf balls signed. They're learning the basics of golf. Um, and their families are watching them do all this. So really, really cool opportunity for them there uh, just to get to know the players a little bit. And then they can, you know, follow their careers, come out to the tournament and uh, watch them, uh, you know, finish along with their profession. So really good time at the junior clinic. Um, we had a couple teams in the celeb pro-am on Tuesday. Right. You know, one of the things we're, we're focusing a lot at, at ATB with our events right now is providing those unique experiences and, you know, focusing on how we can surprise and delight some of our customers. So we had two customers come out and uh, they found out they were playing with Bob Nicholson. So they were pretty pumped about that. They had a great day on the course. So, uh, Leading us into the Wednesday there, that's our big ladies event. So, you know, again, looking at that unique experience side of things, um, what can we do to make a cool event there? So we had a little bit of a fashion show. We had uh, Jamie Sadlowski, two-time world long drive champ, uh, put on a bit of a show for the ladies. Um, as you mentioned, we had Shannon out there. Shannon, you know, she was a treat. I ran into her at the uh, Celebrity Pro-Am. Shannon, how many balls have you hit this year? You have you know, a couple rounds under your belt, and she's like, no, this is literally my sec second time out playing. Uh, proceeded to rip one about 40 yards past the lady's long drive. So she's uh, she's just a, an athlete and a great speaker. So to have her up there with Carla Nichols uh, and Susan, Susan Darrington from Rogers was was a real treat for our clients. So lots of good times being had this week. All right. You guys are, you have your own uh, ATB uh, uh, financial part of the McKinsey Tour that will take place down in Calgary next week. We have the Holinka Gretzky in Edmonton next week. Hockey Alberta will be a part of that, and I know ATB Financial is heavily involved supporting uh, those sort of initiatives. Uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings as well, the U of A Golden Bears, and it's all part and parcel of what you guys do, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're really looking forward to next week. Um you know, I heard Jeff Monday on your show yesterday, the president of the McKenzie Tour, um, and he kind of hit the nail on the head. This tour is becoming an absolute launching pad for a lot of these players. You know, we had Graham Dillette win the ATD Classic in 2009. We had Tony Finau come third in 2013. You know, Mac Hughes finished pretty high in our tournament. So there's lots of really, really good storylines. Um, you know, from a client hosting perspective, it's an excellent, excellent fit for us. So we're really looking forward to next week. Um, you know, again, we'll be doing the junior clinic. Um, so a lot of really cool opportunities, and we're hoping to get some really good storylines out of our tournament next week. That's uh, down at Country Hills in Calgary, running from the 9th to the 12th. Um, and you alluded to our partnership with Hockey Alberta. I, I think, you know, everyone's kind of got a pretty good grasp on what ATB does in the community. One of our huge strategic priorities is being, in, uh, being involved in hockey, everything from grassroots, um, you know, amateur right up to the pro levels. And 
Hockey Alberta partnership kind of hits the nail on the head with the grassroots and the amateur and, you know, some player development and stuff like that. So it really, you know, encapsulates that family concept that we're looking for. Yep. Um, they've been an excellent partner. We've been on board with them since before I was at ATB. So you mentioned uh, John Winwick's name there. That would uh, would have been one that he cooked up, and it's been an absolute hit for us year after year. Um, lots of really, really great events with them, and we were happy to hear that they were getting involved with the uh, the Gretzky Holinka tournament. Uh, did I hear that right, Bob? That there's 11 WHL players on the Canadian yeah. Team? You did. You did hear that, Chris. We got to run. We got to get going to break here. But thanks for taking time to join us, and we'll touch base down the road. Okay. Sounds good, Bob. Thanks for having me on. You bet. That's Chris Noble from ATB Financial. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back to talk about those 11 WHL kids that Chris just mentioned with the head scout for Hockey Canada, Brad McEwen. This is Oilers Now.